Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Emily Dean on the Frank Skinner Show. Frank's not, I should say, it's Absolute Radio, just in case anyone thought it was Capital or one of those other ones. Um, I'm standing in for Frank Skinner this morning because he's not here. There's no Frank Skinner. There's no Cockrell either. There's no Alan Cochran. I'm not saying it's suspicious, but they both were wearing follow the bear jackets and getting on a flight to Falaraki. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But standing in for them this morning, I have my two lovely assistants. I have Steve Hall in the house. Good morning. Do we think that's catching on, Hall in the house? Hall in the house. I quite like it. And the dulcet tones you could hear there. I don't like dulcet tones. That's a bit man on radio too would say that. The dulcet tones. Sorry, Frank. I've ruined your show. Uh, is Mr. Andy Bush. Hello. Hi, Andy. It's an absolute honour to be here. Oh, he even talks. He's such a company man. He says absolute honour. Uh, he puts he? absolute in front of everything he says. It's a, it's a classic, that absolute honour. That's the, uh, that's the where well, you can listen and everyone gets knighthoods. Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant <laughs> the show for the digital on. station. I was just saying earlier on, I feel like I've turned left on a plane. Oh, do We've you? We've got water here, bananas. It's, uh, it's kind of like a uh, you know, little buffet before we started. It's brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's very nice to have you here. You're something... You see, I'm going to call you... I've got a nickname for you. I'm going to call you the Bushmeister. I like that. I like that a lot. It's like yeah, the whole thing earlier on. Yeah, good. I don't like it. I think it's might be the most horrible nickname I've ever heard, but you're stuck with it, I'm afraid. <laughs> We've got additional personnel as well in the room this morning because I'm a bit... They're a bit worried about me. I think they think <laughs> I might make a mistake. Yeah. I'm, I'm under no illusions about that. So we've got uh, Kerry, Bob and Robbie. It's all gone a bit uh, rainbow. <laughs> or Jane and Freddie. Yeah, yeah, it does sound a bit like that. Kerry, Bob and Robbie. It sounds like an old country and western band. Yeah. Have reunited. I know. And uh, is Bob now officially, because I've not been here for a, for a month or two, and there was a, a battle that Bob was going to... Bob's real name is Rob, but it's... But yes, he's now he's now officially Bob. We should say that Bob's real name is Rob, but Frank decided that it didn't suit him. So, in a slightly power-crazed move, decided to entirely rename him, and he, he now calls him um, Bob. Bob. Excellent. Yeah. He does suit that, I think, as well. He does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm glad you agree. It's just the power of the Skinner. You can <laughs> rename someone. So, I feel slightly sacrilegious talking about this in Frank's absence, I have to say. But we do... There's been big news for Whovians this week. I ha there really has, guys, haven't there? Well, it's It's massive. Mm. I, I was really hoping it was going to be Frank. Having ha after it had been foiled on Pope Francis, <laughs> I thought they might offer him the job instead. There's a new doc. There's a new Time Lord. I watched the program. Did you see the program? I did. I did watch the program. It was uh, a strange evening's watch, wasn't it? What did you think of it? Well, I, I, I lo first of all, I love the audience. I love all those people dressed up as. There's that thing, isn't there, of going to like a, a, a comp? You know, those sci-fi. Yeah, it was things. a Comic Con. Mm. vibe vibe you know and people were dressed as uh, all the different time lords and i didn't see anyone dressed as the sylvester mccoy time lord you know it's that everyone else no it's like people dressed as all the yeah. other doctors apart from the sylvester yeah. mccoy i right? did i see i didn't like the audience andy i've got to be honest with you i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna level with you here guys i found the audience a bit acrylic wigs <laughs> you think <laughs> Do you know what i mean you think they might smell of milk yeah it was a bit acrylic wigs and it was a bit waving banners it was a bit we will rock you yeah <laughs> i didn't enjoy that the audience at all that was the thing i didn't like about it yeah i like zoe ball she's still got it going on no, she's, she's fantastic good. weren't some of the guests odd though so we should say when in case anyone who didn't see this they made the announcement that they were going to announce the new doctor who and so they had invited guests on that she was chatting to before the doctor who walked in yeah. and there were some odd choices they had bonnie langford and they had bruno tonioli 
which yeah, I thought he, was an he extraordinary would, he was choice. He was the particularly left field choice, Bruno. Yeah. Was it, is he like a, a big Doctor Who fan? Is that why they had him on? No, I don't think he's a Doctor Who fan no. in the slightest. I got the impression he was a big being on telly fan. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know where he was. I think his agent just said, "Will drive self," <laughs> and he was available. <laughs> So, yeah, Bruno Tonioli was there, but th- I just felt that was an odd addition to the show. I think we could have done without his views. I was worried he was the new Doctor Who for a minute. That would have been superb. Can you imagine that? Tap dancing his way out of the TARDIS. Yeah. Just the internet breaking itself in disgust. <laughs> I did, then, and then when Doctor Who came on, there were all lots of sort of shiny... You should shiny... say the Doctor. There'll be Doctor Who fans. Why? Can I not say Doctor Who? He is the Doctor. <laughs> the Whovians love you for the that. The show is Doctor Who and he is the Doctor. I hope the Whovians don't have me for anything. <laughs> That's something uh, I could really do without right now. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. You're listening to the Frank Skinner Show this morning with Emily Dean. I'm standing in for Frank. I should say I didn't do my housekeeping this morning. You can text us on... I'm bad at my housekeeping, Andy. How are you when it comes to housekeeping? Because you're something of a pro. I'm okay. I kind of have... uh, I'm not a pro, really, but I just have a little bit... I wasn't suggesting anything untoward, (laughs) can I just say, when I said you were a pro. A pro. Yeah, no, occasionally, you know, chuck it in, see what happens. I'm a maverick. I don't play by the rules, but <laughs> God damn it, I get results, Emily. <laughs> How off piece can you go? Can you say the wrong text number? Can you go eight, eight, twelve, sixteen minus one? No. Or, or read it out. Don't. Do, do you get annoyed when someone reads your mobile phone number back to you, but with a different intonation? Yes, yeah, yeah. I weird, hate that. that. Yeah. How do you read your number out? Now I won't read my actual number because there'll be queues going around yep. Golden Square. <laughs> <laughs> but I do the first bit. Yep. Mm 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 mm. Mm-mm-mm. That's how I do it. I do. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, I don't like that. What's, what's the problem with that? I, d- I just don't like it. I think it's a bit old school. I'm sorry, <laughs> Andy. I've really gone off. But anyway, nevertheless, you can text us on 812.15 this morning, or you can tweet us. Frank Sonnenberg says Twitter us, which I like. Um, you can Twitter us, at Frank on the radio. Uh, and I think we did have an email in at some stage regarding Doctor Who. Uh, we did Lorna Finley uh, mm. emailed the show uh, saying, Hi, Frank the Cockerel and Divine Miss M. As huge fans of the show, and she immediately apologises for offering praise, we had convinced <laughs> ourselves by Sunday night that we were about to witness the unveiling of Mr Radio as the new Doctor. There was no sign of Frank in the audience of the live Doctor Who show, so we grew more and more confident by the minute that, yes, he must be the chosen one. Oh, Frank, we share your disappointment. It should have been you. However, after the unveiling, we took to Twitter to search Frank's name in case any other readers shared our disappointment. The public have spoken in an overwhelming number of tweets. It seems that many people believe that Frank and Peter Capaldi were separated at birth. Really? Steve, you don't do the voices on points of view, do you, by any chance? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pitching for work. This is, this is a, my, my gradual showreel. Yours, angry from Rotherham. <laughs> yeah. He does look a bit similar, I have to say. I think Frank will be pleased. This could just be three hours of us saying how we think Frank might have responded <laughs> to the news that Peter Capaldi was... The, I'm not allowed to say Doctor Who, I have to say The Doctor, do I? Uh, yeah, The Doctor, that's... Uh... Okay. But, you can say Doctor Who, the show, but... Uh, oh, can I? Thanks can, for that. You can call him The Doctor Who... And there will be uh, who says hordes, the Doctor hordes Who? of nerds smashing their uh, radios. Are, are you a Whovian, Steve? I'm a low-level low Whovian. Some of, my, some of my best mates 
are, are intensely obsessed with the show. So, mm. so if, if say, Whovianism was a, a an Al Qaeda network, you wouldn't you wouldn't be on the kind of uh, database yet, but you're you're active. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have lurked in some caves. Yeah, that kind of thing. I like the way you said that. The caves you said of that as a, no. You said that as a slight. There's a little bit of judgment in your voice. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. But it's, you know, is it a children's program? Um, I'd say it's a family program. Family program. To me, it is a children's program, and I think if you've got a mortgage, why are you watching them? <laughs> but <laughs> there are fans out there. I'm aware of that. I think yeah. there's. No, I think if you've got kids, it's okay. But what I don't like is there's like 48 year old man on his own watching Doctor Who. Yeah. That's creepy. Well, what about this family? Like the most same. You know, you meet the most amazing man in the world, but uh, say once or twice a year, he likes to go to. Let's a say top- Simon Cowell. Let's yeah. say <laughs> yeah. Simon and I. Get it, get it together. Yeah, I'm, I'll take on that child. I don't mind. I don't mind the baggage. But you, say, you know, you, you never have to want for anything again for the rest of your life. But a couple of times a year, he goes to a Doctor Who conference and dresses up as one of the doctors. Is that okay? Is that a deal breaker for for a lady if, if a fella dresses like that and does that kind of thing? Um, what do you think? I say it depends which doctor. If it was, if it was Tom yes. Baker, then it was fine. Oh, it's, is it? It's Colin Baker. Mm. Do you know what? I won't tolerate McCoy either. Yeah, no, I, I totally I agree. I won't tolerate a McCoy outfit in the bedroom. That's all I'm saying. And anyone who comes into my house knows yeah. that. There's a sign on the wall saying that. If you've no, got, if no you've got question marks on your lapels, you're out. <laughs> but just going back to the actual programme... Um, oh, yeah, so you watched I it. I watched it. I just was so mortified for Capaldi when he came out. They left him waving for ages. It looked like he'd just <laughs> you know, been kind of voted in as president of Bolivia. It was really weird. There was like ticker tapes and stuff going off in the background, and he was <laughs> waving and waving and waving and waving and then waving for ages. And he was, it, was, it was all just a bit awkward. I, I felt um, embarrassed for him a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I know what you mean. It's odd, because he's an, he's an absolutely gigantic fan as well, so it's a, it must have been a surreal moment for him. Yeah. Thinking this is the culmination. He's been obsessed since he was 15 years old. Well, there's that bit. They, they, they published a letter he'd written to, um, I think, Radio When he was 15? Yeah. yeah. I know. And that aged him as well. But that's no bad thing. <laughs> no, but I like that he's a bit ancient. I think it's good. But I think they did miss a trick of not, um, you know, they could have had Gaza. Gaza was available. I think it would have been a fantastic doctor. I mean, the Gaza, rock, up, rock up with a fishing rod and some chicken. <laughs> chicken fillets <laughs> and a carrier bag. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> I think Peter could turn me, though. He's the one that could turn me on to Doctor Two. Because I have to say, that last one, he was very nice, but he was a little bit gap year in friendship bracelets, wasn't he? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Emily Dean, I'm in for Frank Skinner this morning. I always do that too much, I get told. Alan Cochran always has a go at me, he says, you've got to stop saying I'm Emily Dean, I'm standing in for... He doesn't like me saying that. He's such a pedant, though, isn't he? The <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the pronunciation of pedant. You've made him sound a bit more glamorous. <laughs> well, he was... I mean, I was listening last week, and he was he was uh, turning off for saying sitting in, or whether it's standing in as well, yeah. do you know what I mean? I bet his wife rolls her eyes two or three times a day to him. Oh, I'm glad you said eyes. <laughs> I thought it was all getting a bit loose. I didn't like that. Um, you can text us this morning. I know Frank's not here, but, you know, I have, I'm needy. I have abandonment issues. Please text me. Um, is that good? No, it's eight twelve fifteen. Or you can tweet us, which is what's the Twitter again, Steve? Frank on the radio. Very good. I was just testing you listening. Right. Um, it could be. It's, I mean, we can have a rival account, Emily, on the radio. Yeah. I've got a rival account, Divine underscore Miss underscore M. There you go. Get in touch. Um, <laughs> I need to talk. Underscore is a, that was developed specially for Fernando Torres. 
Oh, <laughs> you and your jokes. Bit of football banter. <laughs> he likes his jokes. He does like his jokes, doesn't he? And he likes his football. I like, I like what what masquerade as jokes, <laughs> and if you unpick them, they um, evaporate into thin air. I need to talk to you boys about my life. That's fine. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought I was in my therapist's <laughs> office. <when laughs> apparently. Um, I do. I've been filming a little show up in Edinburgh. I've been watching it. You've been great. I feel like I get to see you more for watching you on, on the internet. Oh, God, Steve, don't turn into a filthy green. Not, <laughs> not in that way. Not in that way. If I wanted to see you more, I would uh, secrete a private camera rather than that kind of webcam. Don't use words like I'm that, I'm feeling Steve. a little bit uncomfortable with all <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, me too. No, Steve, that's very nice of you to say. I know it comes from a good place. If it was slightly awkwardly expressed, in, if I may say, a slightly Hoovian way. Absolutely. Um... But I, yeah, so I'm doing this show up there. It's a kind of guide to the fringe. I'm doing it with Russell Kane. We're co-presenting. How old is he this year? He's, do you know, Russell's <laughs> one of my best friends now, I have to say. It's all going very well. He's, it's an unlikely friendship, but it's working. Yeah. We're, you know when you have an odd couple with mm. friends, but we actually, it's all going very well. I love him. I'm his biggest oh, fan. You've got a great chemistry. It's, it's, it's a I like our chemistry. Um, and I, the good thing is, I'll never need for a skinny jean again. <laughs> he he's wears got, some outrageous stuff, doesn't he's he? He's got some skinny jeans. He oh, does. he's got yeah. some skinnies. When I see him, I imagine his feet are bright purple. So <laughs> but fair, fair play to him for being able to get into uh, skinny jeans. And I'm stuff just like jealous. That. I know. There's nothing want... worse than getting stuck in a pair of trousers <laughs> in a changing room in somewhere like Topshop or somewhere like that. Do it's you boys go for a skinny jean ever? But sometimes you don't realise they're skinny, so you try you try them on and you get trapped in them, and you almost think you're going to have to hit the buzzer for help. <laughs> have yeah. you ever done that? Uh, a girl I was going out with once actually had to ask for help. She got her head stuck in a jumper when we were shopping in Liverpool. <laughs> oh so no, that's so embarrassing. That's, I had to come in and get her out of it. It's unbelievable, <laughs> like a trap. What you have to use on the jeans front is um, put a coat hanger in the flies. Right. No, that's what you use. You both look really alarmed. I've never heard of it. It's not a life. weird charging by the hour thing. It's a proper <laughs> thing. You do it to do, stylists use it on shoot to do up trousers when they're very tight. I, I think if you're at the stage coat hanger in the zip. I'm just very nervous about a coat hanger being anywhere near that <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> but surely if you're at the stage where you're having to use some form of a winch to get your own flies up, you, you probably shouldn't be yeah. wearing those trousers. I think the, the problem I've got with skinny jeans is if, if you've played any form of football, Mm. And you've got bigger thighs. You just can't. I, I mean, I, find, I feel very or alienated. If, or if you're Will Carling. Yeah. yeah. He's got a big pair. It, it does indeed. Mm. <laughs> you, you can't. I don't know. I, I feel quite alienated sometimes when I go into Topshop and I just. I can't fit into anything. Yeah. I feel alienated, but that's because everyone looks like Fern Cotton in his nine. <laughs> but, um, but Russell has no problems as far as fitting into the jeans, we should say. Yeah. But what I'm finding is we're filming these shows back to back. It's all very seat of pants. Our filming schedule. Seated skinny jean pants. Yep. Um, so, it's all very seated pants. So what, so what I'm finding is that I've turned into some sort of strange exhibitionist. And I don't understand it. <laughs> I've become... I'm literally wandering around the dressing room in a bra and pants. Oh, really? Is that quite, oh, libera quite liberating? <laughs> I, oh, I feel so sickened. I need a break. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. I'd left you somewhat on tenterhooks. <laughs> yeah. I was in the dressing room with Russell Kane, 
um, in can, my bra. Can I just and say, tights. It was, it's like sometimes if you get, you know, you get 30 seconds of the adult channel before it scrambles. That's what <laughs> that was do. like. That you I do. You do, Andy Bush. And then you just move on to a different channel. But that's what it was like. You know, 30 uh, seconds of uh, Emily in a bra and pants and then we were, you know, we were I away. Can I just say, no, I never scroll up to those sort of channels. <laughs> I never have any need to go that high. So you don't, you don't, you don't live around <laughs> the, the, uh, the mid to late 600 channels. No. No, oh, the, you know the numbers, well, don't yeah. you, as well? <laughs> sometimes you're trying to watch the cricket and you get a bit bored. You start yeah. off on 5.12 and then you just move up. Yeah, <laughs> it's right off the edge of a cliff. I have to say, no, I only know the lower channels. Okay. The highest I'll go up is living. That's as high as I go. <laughs> you're not going to raise me any higher than that. But you'll miss loads of great programmes. Do you, do you ever watch the show called How It Works or How It's Made? Have you ever seen that? It's just a, a whole channel dedicated to how certain things are made and they'll, they'll show you how to make it. Who is it? What sort of thing? Uh, I was watching one the other night. It was about how fleeces are made. Which, you know. Okay, I must come around to yours. <laughs> Emily's got no need for that. She's just in a bra and pants. Yeah, yeah it's a very good point. Wait, can I just say, I don't want this to turn into Filthy Creek Corner. I'm not telling you <laughs> that I'm wearing that in order to be titillating. Okay. There is a functional reason for this, okay? I'm not being some terrible girl going, oh, was it my bra? Um, <laughs> it, well, I sort of am. But, no, the reason I'm telling you this is just to explain that it's turned me, I've realised with filming, which I've never done this sort of filming before, mm. it's turned me into some sort of strange exhibitionist. Yeah. Because you've got no time to stand on ceremony. You don't have time. And I understand why. I always think, oh, these models get it wandering around with their tops off. It's time that forces you to be an exhibitionist, to be honest. So That's the naked rambler has much the same thing. He's a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always find there's some, there is something very liberating about being in your underwear, don't you think? Like, do you find it liberating when you've been walking around between... Well, yes, I know. No, I don't walk around the streets of Edinburgh <laughs> in my underwear. I'm not like this naked cowboy, am I, in I Edinburgh? you've got fairly classy underwear, though. No. It really? was my M&S specials, but actually, I have to say, and Russell, very disappointing, didn't even flinch. Didn't even, just not maintained bothered. eye contact the entire time. So not, but are, you, are we talking like old, skanky, no. big, big pants? Rope, rope ladder across the gusset type. <laughs> rope ladder you. across, that's a brilliant album name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't possess such garments. Do you, do you, do you, they were, what I'm saying is they weren't special. They weren't special. Okay. So, but, but it's quite a good social bonding tool, I thought. And I just had ended up, it was tights actually in bra, which isn't very sexy. But then, um, the producer, apparently, David Badil arrived, we were interviewing him, and he said, oh, I'll go into the dressing room, we call it dressing room, it's a little hotel room. Yeah. It was me and Russell, the producer, the makeup artist, it was like the beginning to a really bad thing that you download on YouTube. <laughs> it was it was bad. And both of us, top, well, not topless, but you know. And then, apparently the producer said to David Badil, oh, you can go into the dressing room, but just so you know, just so you know, he said, Emily likes to, she doesn't wear very much. <laughs> he flagged it up, I've become a known exhibitionist, they have to warn the guests. Yeah. I thought that was disgusting. Uh, to, to be fair, I did get an email about you before I came on this show as well, that you, you may or may not be clothed. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's even happening well, that, I was forced, the last time I was on a few months ago, I was forced to remove my top <laughs> by Frank. You weren't forced. You <laughs> went was, for it. I, I, I won't deny I enjoyed it. <laughs> what goes on on this show? Is this, was, was that hazing? Was that what it was, I think, hazing? I think it was an initiation of sorts. It's kind of like a Woodstock thing that we do. Yeah. We're just a bit loose around these parts. <laughs> we can't like really that. help it. Um, but yeah, no, so Edinburgh's all going really well, and I'm enjoying that aspect of it. I'm sort of reclaiming my body, if you like, but I'm finding the commuting stressful. And yes. I'll tell you why. Well, there's two reasons. There's the train, 
people seem to like to drink quite a lot on that route, London to Edinburgh. Yeah. I'm not making, there's no, you know, stereotypes uh, involved yeah. here. But I'm just saying 10, 12 a.m., gin and tonic... You want to you want to look within yourself, love. Well, it's just because it's a four and a half hour train ride. It's just enough time to get a nice buzz on <laughs> as you pull into Waverley. You're one of these alcohol apologists. I won't have it. You can arrive. You arrive sort of half four or five if you leave at noon, and then you know straight down. You know, fingers piano bar. I don't understand the people that drink on public transport though, because I think hmm. you don't get on the bus and open a bottle of vodka. Why, when people are on a plane and a train, do they suddenly think, "Oh, I'll get drunk"? Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I kind of. I, I think it's because some for some people, it's the first time they've they've stopped for a little while, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. And they sit down, you, know, you go to the buffet and have a couple of you know, a couple of cans of tenants extra, or whatever. So are you, you can suggesting buy? that the first time you stop, you reach for alcohol? Yeah, yeah. The, the first break in your busy yeah, day. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got some numbers that you can call <laughs> back in a bit. This is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Andy. Hello, you can text the show, by the way, 8.12.15. I was just saying earlier He's on... taking over. <laughs> I knew it was a matter of time. Give him an inch. <laughs> well, I, I was just saying earlier on that... Uh, is this fair to say, fair comment, that the, the cockerel himself is legendary for being a bit of a pedant? Would you say? Um, I'd say he's legendary for being uh, legendary for being a pedant. Actually, well, this this is the problem. I'm I'm getting flack on on the text here. Like I say, you can text the show eight twelve fifteen. That's what Jim Bob from Brighton's done, and he says sorry to be a pedant bushmeister. I'm now being referred to as bushmeister. Pedant Andy. Well, he says pedant has only got one syllable. Love. He's even called me love, (laughs) which is odd because I still say two syllables. I'm getting bullied on this show. Even if Mm. it is pedant, Mm. that's still two syllables. Yeah. Yeah. So back so, at you, Jim Bob. <laughs> Should we go and get him after this? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's Jim Bob from Carter. Oh, Carter, the, the unstoppable sex machine. machine. And Fruit Bat was the other guy. Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or Jim will probably texting and saying, no, it's actually Fruit Bat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've established who all the runners and riders were in yeah. Carter. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for that, boys. We've, we've had, we're having a fairly pedantic morning of it because uh, Bill Wrights has emailed. Uh, with some degree like Bill of... Bill Wrights. He sounds like something out of the 1940s. <laughs> his his middle like... name is Of. He sounds... <laughs> Very good. Um, love your political material. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Hard hitting. As you are. <laughs> well, he, he's quite angrily... Uh, he, not even a, a declaration, not even a, a dear Frank or anything like that. And I would expect a declaration from Bill of Rights. Absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. Very yes. nice. He, he simply said, You all mispronounce Barack Obama. Oh. oh, right. And so, then he puts in brackets, listen to him say it. Love you guys. Oh. So I, I, I don't spend an awful lot of quality time with him. So <laughs> I can't, But does he say... OK, I would say Barack Obama. Is that incorrect? I think technically it's Barack. Oh. Uh, I, only cause there's, there's a, that there's sounds a guy, too much like Iraq, and that can't be a good yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy, uh, there's a guy uh, called Pastor Manning, who's this uh, angry preacher who hates Obama, and he calls him Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, does he? Oh, dear. But maybe I'm not allowed to comment on this because of the fact that I can't say the word pedant properly. No. But, um, I, I think, what about this as a deal? When the Americans learn to say Glastonbury properly, we'll learn to say Barack Obama properly. Ab- absolutely. What, what do they that? say? Glastonbury. Oh. Thank you, Glastonbury. They say Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, so what about that as a deal, huh? Do you know, it is a problem, but it's by no means the worst of their crimes. No. Let's be honest. No, that's true. The, the trickiest politician is John Boehner. The uh, who's the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives, but his okay. name is spelt B O E H N E R. So lots of people say that first word is Bo. Well, that's just silly. And uh, well, it's tricky because if you say his 
if you say his name the way it looks like it should be said, that's a tricky thing for a newsreader. <laughs> Can I just say, Andy, at this juncture, yeah. you'll find Steve, well, he went to Oxford and Cambridge, as I yeah. call it. <laughs> yeah. So as a result of going to Oxford and Cambridge, he knows a lot of factoids. Well, I tell you, well, it'd be a nightmare on the pool, but you'd love him in a pub quiz, wouldn't you? That, it, that, that is pretty much the story of my life as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your bio page on your agent's website. Nightmare on the pool. That is the most concise summary of my very existence. Stick it on a poster, (laughs) see how it goes. Can I tell you about this cab driver? Oh, yeah, go on. So picture me, I'm clothed now, I'm on my way back from Edinburgh, getting a cab, and um, the the cab driver says to me, no, no, I must have been on my way there, I'm sorry, because Mm. I was coming from my home. And my my cab driver, he picks me up. He says, I've got my case. I'm running a bit late. He looks a bit like Charles Bronson. Okay, okay, I mean, the maximum security prisoner, not the late actor. (laughs) Yeah, oh, right, okay. And I get in the cab and he says, "Um, next time, next time uh, you want to leave yourself just a little bit bit more time. If you pack the evening before, (laughs) you'll find you'll have more time on your hands. Wow. How did he know that? How dare... So I got angry. And when I get angry, I lie, Andy. Oh, really? And I said, actually, I only just got the call that I had to be there, so I didn't know. <laughs> Why did I lie? Just to get one up on Charles yeah, Bronson. Yeah. yeah. He's a know-it-all. I compromised myself, my own integrity. Then he started saying, actually, um, while I've got you, well, you've got me. I mean, you wow. can't. Well, it really is Charles Bronson yeah, from the British. Yeah. yeah. He said, I'm not being rude. Now, anyone that says I'm not being rude is about to say something astonishingly rude. Yeah. He said, I'm not being rude, but your wall's about to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Important fe- pelvic floor. Yes, he said, there. my wall's about to go. <laughs> I said, he said, there's very little support there. He honestly wow. said that. That's amazing. So he advised you on packing and he gave you structural advice yes, as well. about my wall. I said, and I hated him by this time. <laughs> by this point, I, I loathed him mm. so much. I said, um... Oh dear, I'll have to build another one. <laughs> I said it like that, yeah. in an aggressive way. And he said, well, it'll cost you. New walls cost at least 30k. New walls cost at least the... Who decided? <laughs> Hang on, a wall is £30,000. Humpty Dumpty must have been doing quite well for himself. Who poor, decided? Poor Hadrian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 30 grand, is that what walls cost? I, I could make one tomorrow. I could build well, the wall and it would not cost £30,000. Well, the gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's, that's definitely next, yeah. week, next weekend's show, surely. Emily Dean builds a wall. Builds a wall. New TV series. It would After not, two on the bush tonight, we've It got. would not cost £30,000. Anyway, is there any builders listening to the show this morning? And I feel confident that is probably part of our demographic. Yep. If you're sitting yeah. there in your high-vis jacket... Text us in on eight twelve fifteen. Can what, you tell us how much does it cost to build a wall? I mean, rock bottom price. I want. Yeah, basically, no frills. Well, <laughs> well, give, no let's, frills. Let's, let's, let's quote some dimensions so the builders can <laughs> yeah, get an give idea. Give something to work it. from. Sort of six foot high, or uh, oh, I don't need six foot. I'm happy with three. I, I good. <laughs> well, I had to edit out so many innuendos there. Good, just, good. It's a, this could be a brilliant new feature on the show, Emily, called the 855 quote. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, you, you kind of put a bit of work out there and then people kind of, I mean, you could pick the I person like in the most competitive price, maybe. That's good. She's yeah. great. So yeah. how much will you build my wall for? Yeah. We're going to fight back against the recession. Yeah. Apparently it's all going. Can I tell you, he gave me a last other piece of advice, this loathsome individual. He said, um, as he dropped me off at the station, 
He said, well, you better go then. You better hurry. I thought, you don't even know what time my train is. <laughs> he said, if you want to buy sweets and magazines. Sweets wow. and magazines. magazines. What am I, nine? Sweets. <laughs> I did actually buy sweets, as it turned out. But that's none of his business. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is the Frank Skinner Show. Frank's not here this morning. I'm Emily Dean and I'm sitting in for Frank Skinner this morning. You can text us on 812.15 or you can tweet us at Frank on the radio. And we have had some texts in this morning, haven't we, Andy yep. and Steve? But um, it's a bit of an unusual text in. <laughs> it appears to be how much does it cost to build a wall? How much is a wall? Kind of an ex existential yeah. question. Yeah. Have you ever really thought about that? How yeah. much is a wall? Exactly. But it's great. That we've, had, we've had an overwhelming response. Building a wall <laughs> has helped build some bridges. Ah. <laughs> and, you know, if you're, you're, you're a builder or, or a have-a-go DIY specialist, why not, why not have a punt? Text in now. How much do you reckon it's going to cost? 8, 12, 15. Uh, Steve from Gateshead says 50p. Well, that's silly. Uh, that is silly, Steve, isn't if it? you're not going to play properly, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, leave. Maybe, maybe that's just the nature of Gateshead. <laughs> oh, that's the true. They've had a hard. property. That's in Ireland. That's what it probably costs. That's <laughs> or, shame for Westlife. Such a shame, isn't it? Could it could be a, a loss leader where he's just trying to get a bit of business to start off with. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe get other stuff. Maybe, no, I don't believe it. Maybe it's it. a cunning knight's move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any more prices for the wall? Uh, Tim the Bricky in Sheffield would like to know the dimensions. And Paul from Glasgow... I bet he would, but he can absolutely... Yeah. Get off. I'd say 34, tw 26, 32. I think I might have gone for the wrong dimension. Steve, <laughs> can you leave the studio? You disgust me. That's, that's flattering, isn't it? Oh, OK. I'm probably maybe a bit big on the waist, possibly. I don't are know. Are we talking about the wall, Steve? We are. It's a the very, dimensions. It's a, I, I it's a pretty sexy wall. I would say it was about three foot high. Three foot, right, OK. I'm not good on dimensions. And then it's about as long as a, a few houses. As long as a few houses, okay? <laughs> That's the most vague dimensions I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and but the, roughly, I mean, it can't vary that much. It, as wide as a few houses, so you, you want to build a hurdle for your neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> Any more prices on the wall? Any um, more offers? We've had some sensible ones. John Go the, on. John the yeah. Bricky. Uh, oh, as said, long as it's not John the Baptist, because he won't stop texting me and I'm sick of him. <laughs> Yeah, John the Bricky. Br bring me the quote of John the Baptist. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, he said 140 quid per day or, fi oh. or 550 per thousand bricks. Which I'm sounds going sensible. 140 a day. Oh, is that a special offer? Yeah, that's... Like do that. you know um, Robbie, who's working on the show today? I love Robbie. He went, I mean, I reckon a while's like five grand. Is that what you said, Robbie? <laughs> yeah. Do, where do you, what, what are you basing this information on? Yeah. Um, I used to work for a oh, here we go. company doing their IT. Oh, wow. lovely. I, I don't know why, but whenever Robbie speaks, I can always hear the Hovis advert music. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, okay. 743 has said a bit cheaper. He said 350 quid per thousand bricks. Okay, I'm going with you, 743. Even though it's a less personal relationship than <laughs> yeah. Tim the Bricky, because yeah. I only know you by your number... I, I rather like that. PJ has said, a pound a brick. <laughs> it's like a battle going on. It's like a price war. This, this is how they should do, um, how they work out who's having the next World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. All the it's different nations texting in, different offers. <laughs> now, you know what we have to talk about this morning, boys? What about the panda? 
Oh, I mean, never mind the baby God. Cambridge. What about the baby panda? I reckon if you if you were to come up to two men having a really vicious street fight after, yes. you know, outside a pub and show them a picture of baby panda, they both just stop and go, oh, God, it's so cute, isn't it? And they say cute. Yeah. Why and do we love pandas? There's no pandas? need to be violent to a panda because it's already got a black eye. <laughs> so they yeah. want to fight. But you know why people love pandas, I think, is because they have all the pleasing qualities of the bear yeah. minus the inherent <laughs> aggression. <laughs> Wouldn't you say that was accurate? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Because they, they eat bamboo. Yeah. Um, and, there, I mean, there are stories occasionally about pandas being violent, but I won't hear those. I think they're urban myths. <laughs> yeah. And there's something so huggable about them. They are. They're really, really cute. When they're, the ba- when they're little babies, I think it's them and polar bears that are the cutest of the lot, isn't it, those two? And they are... Th- I love the fact as well... Yeah, but polar bears have the nasty streak. They do have a nasty streak. If you're mm. going to keep one as a pet, my advice <laughs> on the show would be to maybe hand it over to the authorities when it gets to maybe one or two. They're, but, cha- yeah. they're changeable. Yeah, they are so very they're changeable. They're bipolar bears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, even his joke. But uh, I, I, I've always, I'm quite fascinated by the the fact that pandas have to be kind of. You never hear this about any other animals, but pandas are kind of always cajoled into copulating. Aren't they, they are. A little bit. They are. Yeah. It, there's something quite seedy. There's something that like the world is some kind of <laughs> dodgy businessman, and they're, they're behind yeah. some two. They get mirror. a lot of headaches. Well, this panda, I believe she's called Chan Chan. Chan Chan. Um, well, she's. A, I, I was going to call her a Scottish panda, mm. but she's on loan in some strange. The transfer market's <laughs> all over the place right now. She's currently on loan yeah. from the Chinese government. Now I was shocked. Chan Chan is some six hundred k a year. Somebody, if you've ever wondered how much it is to loan out, uh, you know, like maybe you borrowed power tools or whatever from a local <laughs> hire place to do, if you can make a wall in your, you know, outside your house. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever wondered to put a figure on how much it is to loan e- uh, a panda for a year, there you go, six hundred thousand pounds. That's quite a lot of money, isn't it? I think that's a rip off. Yeah, it's too I, much. I think they're fleecing us. Yeah, quite literally, <laughs> a year as well. I think it's a bit steep, six hundred k. Yeah. What would you pay for a panda? <laughs> I want Texting, if you're a brickie. <laughs> I tell you what, for that price, I want a talking panda. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've been talking on Absolute Radio this morning about the cost of a wall, how much it would cost to build a wall. It's an unconventional text in, <laughs> and it's a purely narcissistic um, based on my self-interest. Uh, what did they say? Did we get a text in, Andy, regarding this? There's an unbelievable text that's come in from Kez. And mm. he's, if you've ever wondered how much is a wall, this kind of breaks it down into the maths for you. You can text us. And let's face it, we all have. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, sometimes it keeps you awake at night. Mm. But 8, 12, 15 to text. Kez says bricks can cost... Kez. Eight. Kez. Oh, Kez <laughs> should know. He would know. <laughs> he's a northern character. He does sound northern, flat cap and all that. 40p um, commons. To £2.50 London stocks. Apparently these are different names for bricks. Can I just say, can we have a moment's silence for London stocks? London the use stocks. of London stocks. I don't actually want a moment's silence. This is a radio show being practical. But London stocks. Here we go. 65 bricks to a metre. Then you need poet sand at £50 <gasps> per tonne. Poet sand? I've never heard of any of this stuff. What's yet? poet sand? I think it may be an invention of Kez's just to make us look like <laughs> fools. Sorry, yeah. Can I get some of that poet sand? All, yeah. all right. No, not the Coleridge. I had a nightmare <laughs> with that last time. I love the Keats. Pine of Witch's Tears, please. It sounds like <laughs> mythical almost. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Plus the Bricky at £200 a day, three days' work, clearing up and prep. Uh, about 600 to 800 bricks a day. So a 10 metre wall with London stocks will be about £3,000. 
Well, but he says, but you work on the radio, so that's five grand. <gasps> He's obviously not aware of the yeah. uh, the prize structure here. That's <laughs> absolute radio. Um, well, thank you very much, Kez. Just on the purely on the strength of the fact that you're called Kez, I might take you up on that offer. He's in the lead at the moment. Uh, he, he is. Ian Angel has uh, texted in and has combined the things we've been discussing. He's com- uh, and said in South London, I reckon it would cost a pound a minute. Oh. oh, is he is he laughing at the South London accent now? I like that. Gen- the minute. He's gently ribbing. Mm. I think uh, Ian could be taking that show to the Edinburgh Festival pretty damn soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were. It does lead us neatly again into um, Chan Chan, the panda, <laughs> who we were discussing. Um, and so Chan Chan might be pregnant. She might be up the stick. Mm. Up the panda stick. But um, <laughs> she and her mate Yang Grang... Um, he sounds something of a shady character. He does, yeah. I don't he? like the sound yeah, his of His name Yang Greg. It sounds like Mrs Doyle offering <laughs> someone a cup of tea. Ah, guang, guang, guang. Um, what I would say about Yang Guang <laughs> is that there's been some doubt cast on the paternity this morning. It's all gone a bit Simon Cowell. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you see? You, I was reading this in the paper because apparently there could be some other bears involved. There's Bao Bao as well. <laughs> This is going to be the cutest episode of Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out Bao Bao now. <laughs> Bao Bao, yeah, he'll turn around to Bao Bao. Have you been drinking, mate? <laughs> um, Bao Bao, yeah, Bao Bao likes a drink. So they don't know who's, yeah. who's baby it is. If he says to Bao Bao, you're under the influence, in fairness, he will be, because he likes the bamboo. Yeah, yeah. And that's something of a sort of, is it hallucinogenic? Or it has sort of... Um, it's a bit like catnip. Druggy kind of, properties, uh, doesn't it? That's why the koalas are so... Oasis like. Who is the Panda Pops? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we want to know. If anyone knows, by the way, um, or is listening. um, But they're not 100% sure she's definitely pregnant. Yeah, this is the problem. Apparently, she's off her food. She's She's moody. Well, that's London Fashion Week. And she's nesting. Um, She's just on the six months to OMG diet. Yeah, she is. She's always, but it's quite. I like pandas because they're quite retro. It's quite seventies. A panda. People got they're, very excited they're, about yeah, them in the seventies. Sort didn't of they? Janet Ellis skydiving type memories. Yes. So. Well, now what we'll have, of course, is um, Kay Burley yes. outside the zoo for the uh, entire gestation period. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'll be looking forward to that. There'll be, it'll be a chauffeur driven. There'll be a, there'll be a, an announcement outside London Zoo. <laughs> just but, on a plaque. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be a great way to announce it. But I mean, you know, they're obviously looking for signs that this uh, panda is pregnant. So I'm just trying to, want, you know, think about what else. What else do you look for? If you mm-hmm. work in an office with someone, you always get that vibe, don't you, about whether maybe they're pregnant and they talk about they talk it about it as get having some news, don't they? Mm. I mean, I don't know. Has the panda made any irrational purchases? Because you do that when you're pregnant. <laughs> I remember when we're pregnant with our little girl. You go and buy a load of stuff. I mean, what oh, else would you true. look for? What else, well, what I signs? don't know, but I, I heard that um, Chan Chan was well off the Bacardi breezes. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Kez has uh, texted back in almost instantaneously. I love uh, Kez. Uh, he's apologised, but there is no such thing as poet sand. Uh, it was actually soft sand, oh. and he was scuppered by his predictive text. Oh, oh was it? I think I think I love poet, poet sand. sand needs to exist from now on. Definitely, poet sand is so much better. Yeah. Well, well, it's called that from now on, we've decided. It could be the writer's equivalent of Wix, where you go and get all your tools. <laughs> and a couple of bags of poets then, please. You mate. see, what I love about Andy Bush, he's such a corporate man, he's getting that little mention in there, because yeah. um, they work often with this station, I believe, don't they? Sponsor the breakfast show. So. Mm. Well, it's, well, the gauntlet is thrown down to Wix. Well, you're not <laughs> doing, you're not doing it on my let's time. Let's hear Timothy Spall's voiceover. Saying, um, no, what I do... Sand from Wix. What I do want to hear is... Um, 
Andy Bush was telling me he's had some Wi-Fi issues recently. Oh, I need to I need to get your advice on something. This is kind of an, an etiquette thing based okay. on my current situation. I've just moved into a new flat and I'm going through that. You know that nightmare thing at the beginning where you haven't got anything and you've got to get it all yes, sorted out. I, I do. So, so I've got no Wi-Fi. I'm waiting for my uh, phone line to be installed and stuff in the next couple of weeks. It's a hell of a wait. So at the moment, I've been doing that thing where I've been going to my local cafe or pub to use the Wi-Fi network, which is just really bad. Uh, but my friend, it's a bit Carrie Bradshaw sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you away. type in I couldn't help but wonder all the time <laughs> I've nearly finished my novella um, but my friend Brian who works here told me the other day he friend Brian? Brian you know someone called Brian there's not that in many 2013 <laughs> what my dad's called Nigel I don't, can you, do you know a Nigel <laughs> are there any Nigels is there a Nigel under the age of 20 That's Brian and Nigel we've got the two the two generations of Clough Brian <laughs> exactly. yes my lookalike Nigel Clough anyway um, he told me that I should Brian. not Brian <laughs> Brian! No, I'm sorry. I'm still reeling. Brian! Brian! Anyway, if there are any Brians out there, you know, well done. Well done for that name. <laughs> yeah. But he said to me, Brian, uh, that I should knock on the door of the flat opposite, because there's three flats in the block, and ask if I can borrow their Wi-Fi for a bit until I get on my feet. Hang on. Sort it out. Is that okay? Hang on. This I, Brian's... I, I think that's tricky. I think Brian might be setting you up for a fall. He seems to, honour genuinely, he seems to think that's absolutely fine. Not only fine does do Brian that. have the name of someone in a 1970s sitcom, <laughs> he's suggesting putting you in situations. <laughs> it's like a bit that. weird, isn't it? I can't, I can't imagine, like, knocking on the door and asking whether I, you know, do you mind yeah. if I borrow, can I get your password for a bit? Yeah, it very much depends what time of night you do it as well. If it, In the daytime, <laughs> yeah. it, there's a certain time, if you do it at 10.30. Yeah. And, oh. and, like, I, I mean, you look respectable. If I knocked on someone's door asking for their Wi-Fi password, they would know that I was searching for yeah. all, ma all manner of grot. <laughs> Completely well, stinking of TCP. Absolutely. I'll tell you what I wouldn't like is if they came, if they said, can I borrow your Wi-Fi password? And then it all started slowing down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I knew they were downloading one yeah. of their videos. So that's a sign of a mm. download. But on on the subject of Wi-Fi, mm. I mean, because the first thing you do if you haven't got Wi-Fi is you you do a network search, don't you? You see whether anyone else has left their Wi-Fi network unlocked that you can use. If you haven't use. got Wi-Fi, yeah. um, hi to everyone in the Amish community. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if you haven't got Wi-Fi, yeah. So you look at all the the other names that they they pop up, don't they? They do. They, they pop up. You can search for it even on your phone. And I tell you what, people have got some weird names for Wi-Fi things. Right in, in my block of flats, right? Yeah. There's a Wi-Fi network called the Owl. And the Owl. <laughs> Who's the Owl? Is it a superhero? And then there's another one called Chelsea Scum. Oh, John Terry. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't realise he was um, upstairs. The Owl. He sounds like we might read about him in the Daily Mail, and he might go postal. <laughs> I yeah. think. I'm worried about the owl. The owl. But, I mean, you know, it does raise the question, what is the weirdest... Have you got a weird Wi-Fi network near you? I mean, yes. maybe I've just, I just live with some weirdos, but <laughs> is, there, is there a weirder one than the owl out there? Well, I've got... I found a, a really... I found a really strange one. Yeah. Which was um, the Walking Dead. Oh, right after the TV show. I, nice. Oh, is it? I thought I just lived next door to Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. We've been talking about strange Wi-Fi names, yeah. haven't we? Because you've just moved into a new gaff, and it's your gaff, your rules, Andy Bush. <laughs> exactly. Well, I just, you know, I, I've been uh, advised by my friend Brian to knock on the flat next door, because I don't have any Wi-Fi at the moment, and ask if I can borrow their Wi-Fi. Uh, Emily, you took issue a little bit with the name Brian, saying it was a name from a different era. Well... 
I don't know if I believe. I think he might be an imaginary friend. I don't mean to be rude. I know, but someone's just texted in now. Uh, you can text the show eight twelve fifteen. Uh, you think oh, Brian's and he weird. does all the bits. I love it. He goes text the show now eight twelve fifteen. He's a proper DJ, Ron. You wouldn't know it to look at him. But look, he says I've got a brother called Rupert. What about that name? I do like those kind of names of. No, I've had a Rupert. Sorry, that didn't mean to sound so Goodness me. You've seen Rupert Bear. <laughs> oh, Steve. Um, it's basic wordplay. Uh, so, we're also after, like, the weirdest Wi-Fi name, because people name their Wi-Fi some really strange stuff. Uh, uh, Jason says, there's a Wi-Fi on my street called Fred the Happy Squirrel. Oh, is there? Is That's there indeed? Uh, I quite like the sound of Fred the Happy Squirrel. Well, yeah, I mean, the one near me is called the Owl. I mean, maybe we do... There's this kind of <laughs> thing at the moment, isn't there, where people are dressing as superheroes, you know, yeah. copying stuff like mm. uh, kick-ass to go and, uh, you know, do superhero yeah. stuff in the evenings. Maybe that's what these people are. Although, yeah. the Owl, you know, maybe, maybe these aren't... Maybe Imagine if the animals really had Wi-Fi passwords. I'd love that. That would be so <laughs> well, good. Well, an Owl is the sort of thing that would have internet access. They are the wisest They seem the, the touch. <laughs> maybe s- that's the only reason they're wise. They're on Wikipedia all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They seem the type. They blink a lot, don't they? Yeah. Sneaky types, that's though. What, that's why they evolve, being able to turn their head around, <laughs> to make sure no one's looking over their shoulder. But the only thing I don't like about the owl is the little Simon Cowell bit of hair they have coming down. Do you know what I mean? At the yeah, back? They do. They are they're sort of mullety. They've got a mullet. They need to yeah. go to Mr Topper's, or where's the place Frank goes for 9 50 They're pop. very good at sweeping down on a mouse. They are. They are. <laughs> are you offering hair tips to owls? <laughs> Is that what's happening here? <laughs> uh, Claire in Norwich I'm says... Ju- it's more grooming. I'm just saying, would it kill them to just have a little trim yeah. every six months? That's all you need. It's, it's called maintenance, owls. <laughs> <laughs> Claire in Norwich says, our Wi-Fi is called TV Licence Detector Van. Oh, I like <laughs> that. That's good, isn't it, that one? And uh, Rebecca in Nottingham has said there's a Wi-Fi in her block of flats simply called The Pig. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been out with her. <laughs> it's oh, it's becoming pig. quite a big thing. There's been news stories this week yeah. uh, about uh, uh, fights between neighbours happening via what they call their Wi-Fi network. So some- yes, because what people are doing is kind of setting up intentionally passive-aggressive names. So things like, um, your music is annoying was one. That was Sting's <laughs> neighbour, to be fair. And then they replied, <laughs> the person replied to that with, your grammar is more annoying. Oh, get in. Oh. One all. Oh, like, I love I wonder because in a big police. place, like somewhere like Buckingham Palace, where presumably there might be a few different Wi-Fi accounts because there's so many rooms. I wonder if Prince Charles may, would have something like hurry up and abdicate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if he did. I'd love a Prince Charles passive-aggressive. Do you reckon Diana had one called There's Three of Us in This Marriage? <laughs> yes. That's how he discovered Yeah, exactly. it was all going south. That's yeah. how you get messages across to people. It's a good idea. I like th- Well, keep sending in your uh, Wi-Fi names. I like these. This is Frank Skinner. We've been talking about weird Wi-Fi. Uh, what are they called? Not passwords. Uh, ne- network names. Network yeah. names. Robbie, you strike me as quite IT literate. What would you call them? Uh, oh, I like the way Robbie walks over to the microphone for his yeah. big moment. Yeah, this is it. Come on, Robbie. What do you call them? SSID is what they're called. Oh, oh SSID. Well, SSID. As, a, as someone with Jewish ancestors, I don't know. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> Robbie's just made it up. Um, but have our listeners been texting us in on eight twelve fifteen? There are lo- honestly loads of stuff coming in. Uh, people have obviously got loads of weird Wi-Fi SSIDs near them. Uh, Richard in Haverhill says, "My neighbours, where I used to live, called their Wi-Fi get off my lan." Local oh, area network very joke. Nice. Very I nice. like that. Uh, ben in St Albans says, "There's a Wi-Fi near me called G Spot." 
Thanks, Ben. And, oh, and Robin ben. Sheffield quite, says... Uh, quite tricky to uh, locate that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Robin Sheffield says, my network is called Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi. That's good. See what they've done there? Yes, I do okay. see what they've done. There's some good stuff there. Oh, there's I like a, these characters. Paul in Dunfermline uh, said there's one on his in, in his street called It's All Mine, ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Has he got an exclamation mark? I didn't know that was allowed. No, there's no exclamation mark. OK. It's... Uh, just speaks ha-ha, for a very, a very... It's a very good way to send a, an aggressive message to an ex. That's what you should do, is change their Wi-Fi without them realising. Yeah. Par- party at mine 24-7. <laughs> That's what I'd do. That'd be great if I got home and my wife had changed ours to I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, um, talking of your personal life, <laughs> you were telling me that you'd had some issues this well, week, well, so- sim- sim- socially. Similar to Andy. Andy's had a, an etiquette issue with, with, uh, with the internet. I've had an mm. etiquette issue this, this week at the theatre. Uh, I went to see. He's ex- quite old. He went to Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah, how the other half lives. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> if only that were true. It's, it's, I'd, I'd spent all. I spent six months working on Russell Howard's Good News, and so I've had a cultural frenzy mm. seeing yeah. all the things I never had time to see. So I went to see a play called Chimerica. Okay. Uh, which I went to see with my brother. It's excellent. It's Is about it? the uh, fusion of China and America. It's on at the Harold Pinter. Thoroughly oh, recommend. It's all gone a bit Chan Chan and Yang Gang. Really yeah. Multiple five star reviews. Started at the Almeida. Transfer to the West End. Doing all right for itself. Mm. But um, it's a brilliant play. I, He's very posh. He really is. Is that your own top hat? That you've got? <laughs> <laughs> my, mu- I'm so not posh. My mum would. Uh, I'm a, I'm a lower middle class kid made average. That's Are how you? I consider myself. <laughs> my mum works in W. H. Smith. Does she? Yeah, I'm not posh. Oh, could you get me some magazines? She could. <laughs> I love the mini chopper chop lollipops oh, as well. Yeah. What are the benefits of having a mum that works for WH Smith? So what do you get? Do you get any uh, apps? you get cheap books at Christmas? She gets, I think she gets thirty percent off. Wow, that is a, that's quite Does a discount. That's a sizable discount. That. But she works in, in, in the WH Smith in Boreham Wood. If anyone wants to say hello to my mum, so occasionally Hi, she mom. gets she gets people who uh, used to work. I want to go and meet her. I always like a woman in uniform. She's lovely. What's her first name? Alma. Go and yeah, ask for Alma. Yeah. Alma. Um, if you're interested, there's a lovely Brian who sounds like he's from a similar vintage to you. Yeah. <laughs> we can set you up. Um, so, so what? What go on? Uh, and so at, at the theatre, I went with my. I had my brother on my left, uh, and an old lady sat on my right hand side. How dare uh, you! I just didn't have my full eyelashes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, she she had herself a bit of a snooze. Oh, she oh, during didn't. the proceedings, and I noticed because she started to breathe extremely loudly. And to be oh. honest, she was of such an age that I was quite relieved that you could still hear her breathe. Yeah, because she was so motionless that if it, if it really? wasn't for the noise of the breathing, it might have been tricky. But what do you do when somebody? It's, it was it was getting tuts. People were noticing that mm-hmm. she was uh, there was a bit of a an old lady snore. Was so what it do that you thing? Do? Do you, how aggressive can you be? Yeah, I mean, it, you know that that whole nightmare we talked about public transport earlier on and trains and stuff. But I would always like to think that if I started to, you know, if I fell asleep on a train, someone would wake me before I got to the snoring, you know, yeah. sleep talking stage, which is where you're heading towards if you are snoozing. So maybe, maybe you should have given her a little cough and a nudge or something like that, or give her a little kick. Well, I, well that's what I, I gave her a sharp elbow did you? T- to the ribs. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. Which, which, it did the trick. It's tricky because you don't want to hit them so hard. You don't want to turn into some de facto dignitas. You don't want to hit them so hard. <laughs> Steve. But, uh, sorry, we're going to be hearing more about this shocking <laughs> assault after this. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. We've been talking this morning about all manner of things, how much it costs to get a wall built. <laughs> um, I've been giving Al's haircut advice. <laughs> yeah. 
And we've also been talking about peculiar Wi-Fi... Um, I'm not going to call them passwords. What are they called, Robbie? SSIDs. Don't encourage them. SSIDs, apparently. You know those things that flash up in the little box? You yeah. Know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Sarah, the poisoner, who used to work for this show <laughs> and left after an unfortunate incident. No, there was no unfortunate incident. We love her and we miss her dearly. But she's left. She's gone on to bigger and better things. But she's actually uh, tweeted the show to say, my parents have carve carnum, which means beware of the dog in Latin. That's amazing. Carve carnum. Mm. It sounds like some kind of, like, paganist chant, actually. But <laughs> Well, they found, well they it sounds like it. alcohol. That's what my parents would call it after booze, not after the Latin. But no, beware of the dog. Yeah. I remember that very well because Caecilius, who I studied in Latin... Played by uh, Peter Capaldi in uh, Fires of Pompeii and Doctor Who, Caecilius. Oh, Oxford Whoa. and Cambridge. Lovely. Mm. Bit of info there. <laughs> he had carve carnum on his doormat, uh, yeah. Caecilius. Well, yeah. they, they found a, a mosaic... Uh, a genuine one from Roman times that had a picture of a dog and they'd written Carve Cana. Oh, really? It. So there was an actual Roman person who'd. I'm, I'm starting to believe that Steve knows everything. Doesn't Steveopedia, we call him. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a great nickname. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, a tricky, that's a tricky thing. People, no, I think people I... smeared that on some walls near where I live. <laughs> no, I had a better one, Wikistevia. Wikistevia, yeah. Do you yeah. like that? Yeah, that, that, okay. that avoids the mob. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Doesn't it? A lot better. I, I can show my face in Portsmouth and not be afraid. What won't avoid the mob is your assault oh, on a pensioner. Indeed. Which you've admitted to on Absolute Radio. I, have, that, I suppose that's admissible in court now. Yes. It was just a, it was a single elbow and it did the trick. Not to the did skull. Did she realise? <laughs> I often give a little quick stab she, on the shins. She was quite grateful. At, yeah, the end of, at the end of the play, she turned to me and just went, it was a very long play. See, I, I would want someone to wake me up before I got to the stage of, like, slurping and snoring and stuff like that. So I think you did her a favour. But isn't there that thing if you wake someone from a particularly vivid dream? Of, is this like an urban myth about mm. uh, sleepwalking? If you wake someone up in the middle of it, they die. <laughs> Have you heard about that? You don't wake them up, they'll die. <laughs> well, they'll actually die. Properly just die. Well, it looked like that might have been some kind of release from her. I don't know if that's true, Andy, but I have to say there's a lot of boyfriends I wish I'd tried that with. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. This is Emily Dean. I'm standing in for Frank Skinner this morning on Absolute Radio. I'm with Steve Hall and I'm with Andy Bush. You can text us on 812.15 or you can tweet us at Frank on the radio. Andy Bush, I have to say, has already given me a review <laughs> on how I push up the faders in the studio. So we should explain that when the mics go up, I yeah. have to push these little knobs and I push them up. And apparently I do it in a rather unusual way. I love it. I love the way you, you use both your hands out in front of you and you push all the microphone faders <laughs> up at the same time. It really reminds me of how Mr. Zulu in Star Trek uh, <laughs> takes the ship into warp speed. You know when the captain sits down and says, Mr. Zulu, take us out. And both the hands go up. Absolutely, it's amazing. Are you suggesting that it looks like I'm pretending to drive the desk and I'm not? Anyway, this is a bit technical, but I, you know, it was it was interesting getting a review. I like your I'm style. Something of a Mr. Radio, you like, are. If you're like Mr. Sulu, he's Starfleet quality. Is he? You're yeah. so good at what you do, you can take this show into outer space. Yeah, you can take it where you want. Oh, Steve's being a bit sycophantic now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I like it. A bit too much. You can do it in your bra and pants. <laughs> oh, oh, that's better. <laughs> yeah. You back to, to where we were. Back down to earth. All manner of grot. <laughs> um, have we heard from the outside world at all, boys? Uh, we have. We have had an excellent email from Dave Mutton, Good which name. I desperately hope is his real name. Oh, so do I. 
And, uh, Is he on, dressed as George Lamb? <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of uh, Wi-Fi names, uh, he said that yesterday he'd set his Wi-Fi name to hack this if you can. Oh, and when he came a challenge. Che- when he came to check it today, someone else had changed it to challenge accepted. <gasps> Amazing. It's wonderful. Oh, the jackal. That's my favourite bit of cybercrime ever. That's great. That's marvellous. Uh, you, were, you were just talking earlier on, uh, Steve, about your sleeping incident with this old lady. Absolutely. Who was, who was fine and We should grateful, say he was grateful. in a theatre. When yes. you said your sleeping incident with this old lady, <laughs> yeah. we should say... I've still got it. Yeah. He wasn't all, all, up all night to get lucky. He was, or unlucky. Yeah. Um, it was in a theatre. Well, if you've still got it, she's got it now. Yes. Uh, but um, I just, it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of embarrassment around sleeping. I had a really awful uh, sleeping incident when I was uh, on my way to America for the first time. I did American studies at university, and part of the thing was you go and study in an American university for a year mm. in the third year. And I'm petrified of flying, really, really scared of it. So my mum packed me off like, um, I was like Ronnie Corbett in Sorry, she gave me some <laughs> tree bore mints to help me ears pop in. And uh, I was sat between these two really good looking businesswomen uh, on, on, the, on the plane. Oh. So I offered every, I splashed the mints at the beginning, bit of an icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. They had one each and we chatted a little bit, got on really well, we had our drinks or whatever. And then everybody went to sleep. So all three of us were asleep. So I slept for a little bit and then woke up and kind of grabbed the mints as my next icebreaker to start the conversation yes. again uh look to my left one girl's asleep swung round to my right to the prettier of the two girls to offer her a mint but the top tree ball mint flew out the top of the pack <gasps> and landed just on the top of her breasts oh. while she was asleep oh. and i was faced with That's this awkward. i would love to know what you do in this situation right because she knows i'll tell you mints. what you do you leave it <laughs> <laughs> no, but would, i could either try and take them off the top of her blouse no Risking no, her waking that's up. That's not an option ever. <laughs> yeah, she, she, Put your hand on a in a woman's clavicle. Yeah. This feels like it's a brilliant advert for the mints. It's kind of the a creepy equivalent of the Rolo advert. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have done there? Because I, I thought, okay, I can just leave the mint there. More but to th- the point, what did you do, Andy Bush? I left it there. I just left the mint there. It looked like <gasps> I, I'd left her a little treat that she could have later on. So she arrived in JFK <laughs> with a, a tree bore and a clavicle. <laughs> did, it, did it stay there? Because I, I wonder if, if she moved, whether it would begin the journey south. That would have been so much worse for me. If it had been mm. like in the end, uh, I left it. You there. don't want it going down to Florida. I certainly don't. <laughs> <laughs> but she uh, she picked it up, looked at me, put it in the little bin bit, turned around, went to sleep. Didn't speak to me for the Did remainder she? of the flight. Really bad. Really oh, bad. She you should have. You should have done it. Done the same thing to the other one. <laughs> at least be fair. Yeah. All three of us. I'd yeah. wake up and empty the rest of the mints in the bin. Say, my God, someone's been doing weird things with tree balls. The three of you, all with mints, and you'd look like some weird kind of fruit machine <laughs> where you just. <laughs> What do you do, though? You know when you're on the tube, it mm. happens, get yeah. over it. Um, when one is on the tube <laughs> yeah. and the person next to you starts nodding off, and I yeah. mean nodding in the very literal sense of the word, because the head starts nodding forward, doesn't it? Head bang. Yeah. And what's difficult about that is, so you can't berate someone. There's a small window of activity where they're not actually resting their head on your shoulder. Yeah. You can't berate someone for nodding. Can you? You can't say, can you stop nodding because I know how this story ends. Yeah. That's what you want to say. I know where this is going to end up. You know where it's going to end up. Let, let's, let me just call the whole thing off now. What do you do in that period? You simply place a tree ball mint <laughs> on their clavicle. <laughs> and they're suddenly very, very alert for the rest of the journey. I like that. That's a good idea. Do you know what? I'm going to try that now. You've helped me enormously. Thank you for that. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
you're listening. You know all that. I'm yeah. not even going to bother saying that. Yeah. I'm with the guys. <laughs> it's me. If you don't like it, get out. Wow, the real Emily's coming across now. <laughs> it didn't take me long, did it? That'd be great if all radio worked like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ours does, to this be fair. This is the news. You know that. You know, you know that. Look it up. Um... <laughs> What was I going to say? I can't even remember now. That's how much my standards are slipping. Oh, yes. I think we should go over to Email Corner, boys. Let's do this. Let's do it. Now, shall I attempt to use the jingles? Please, that, in, in a Mr. Sulu from Star Trek type way, that would be great. I'm going to do it. Here we go. Email Corner. Oh, perfect. I love that you can hear me sniggering on that. <laughs> uh, who's up? Who's up, boys? Uh, let's start with this one in from Holly. Uh, she says, uh, dear Frank, Emily, and not the Alan I thought, uh, which is a good way of setting this email up. She says, my friend Vicky has just got me into the podcast, and I will not proceed to leave any compliments, but I do love the show. I know Frank does run a no compliments gulag here on this program. He does. Uh, having been listening whilst out on my runs on a Saturday morning, I'd always wondered what the cockerel looks like. Uh, oh. Vicky then went on to explain that he'd been on Mock the Week, so then I went on to Google Images... And I was pleasantly surprised to see that Alan was a very good-looking fellow <gasps> and that the image I had was completely wrong. Um, I thought he was a tall man with a massive beard in his 50s. Oh, some sort of Brian Blessed character you seem to be mistaking him he is, for. He is spiritually that. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's channeling Blessed. Yeah. But, um, she says, can you tell how someone looks via their voice? I was always taught the old saying, sounds nice on the phone, add two stone. <laughs> what do you guys Sorry, say? when you say the old saying, yeah. it's not something I've ever heard of before. I think that must have been the old saying, must have been from this like, body fascist dad or something. Yeah. Well, it can't be, because the phone's only been around for a, a finite number of years, so unless that was how Alexander Graham Bell made the first call. <laughs> Whoever he spoke to was devastated. <laughs> All right, fatso. I mean, it's, it's an interesting point. I'd love people... that if those were the first words ever yeah. spoken on the first phone call all right fat so <laughs> but can you can you uh you know can you tell what someone properly looks like from their voice i don't know well i don't know everyone who listens to the show thinks i'm about 74 <laughs> largely because frank always implies i am um but they're all very shocked i still have my own teeth i get that a lot they say oh i didn't know you're not that old really <laughs> Well, I, I tell you what, um, I have to say, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've met Alan on a number of occasions. He is a good-looking chap, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's a, got it going on. Yeah, very chiselled-looking fella. He's fit, but he knows he is. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, oh, if yeah. people don't know, he looks a bit like Chris Marshall from My Family and the BT adverts. Yes. That's, that's, yeah. if, that's With none his, of the loose after-hours activities. No, no, he's a... He's a classy guy, Alan. Oh, he's got yeah. piercing blue eyes. Yeah. This is turning into some sort of tribute, like he's no longer with us. He has epicanthic folds. He does. Slight uh, yeah. folds of skin over no, his eyes. No, he's a good-looking chap, make no mistake. But, well, I'm relieved to hear, Holly, that um, he exceeded your yeah. expectations. Yeah. Uh, um, and since you've known him, Emily, has, has he got better? Because he's quite a well-dressed guy. Is he one of those people that recently has been kind of dressed better? Or is it, was he always, like, always... Well, you see the thing with your cockerel mm -hmm. he's got his Britpop style right. and he won't deviate from that mm. he likes his Britpop style he's got you know and he's got a, uh, he's svelte I'll say yeah he's Jagarian in the hip area <laughs> is, there, is there any item that he regularly wears that you would definitely get rid of but you don't you don't feel that you can say that you're to starting him. to sound a little bit stalker and I quite <laughs> like it um, I would say no I would never criticise I would never criticise Frank's clothes either mm. we've gone through uh, the hooded area. Yeah. We've come out of the Good, woods as far as the, hood, the hooded tops have gone. <laughs> uh, he's, he's addicted to trainers, that's Alan's thing. Oh, is he? Yes. He's got a massive uh, shoe collection. 
If he's addicted to trainers. He's the Imelda Marcos of Adidas. Frank and I have had other addictions. Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Right, we need to go back to... We're still in email corner. Yeah, we haven't left it. We're still residing. We're like two tramps, three tramps <laughs> on a bench. <laughs> we're in no hurry. Ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having a fight, maybe. Or are we having a hug? So hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's up next? Uh, we've had an email from Joe from Paris. Mm. Oh. I wonder, if it's jo- I wonder if it's Joe LaTaxi. Bit fancy. Yeah. Uh, fancy type. Yeah, he, and Joe has said, uh, unable to record daytime TV and not knowing what Ms. Dean looks like, I just Google imaged Emily Dean. Shocked and surprised to see dozens, nay hundreds, of pictures of naked women in various tableau of sexual activity. Oh. I am none the wiser as to what Emily looks like, but I'm struggling to explain to Madame why I have all these pics on my phone. Madame, where, where do you work, Joe? But anyway, um, <laughs> there's well, there is another woman. I should say, in the interest of full disclosure, and I use that phrase advisedly. <laughs> yeah. There is another woman called Emily Dean. She works in the let's call it the adult, yeah, the adult in- industry. Oh, um, and I often get confused with her. Oh, really, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I've had work out of it. Well, it's the perfect way for you to you can you can smuggle some pictures of you of you in the nineties into that Google image search. It's <laughs> the perfect way to get away with some grot. Well, that's true. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm familiar with the work of Emily Dean. I believe she was popular on a site called Banger Babes, and that just doesn't that? sound good, does it? <laughs> no, Banger Babes. Banger Babes. Well, Wait, does your mate Brian still have that Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> but I've just go- I've googled Emily Dean here, and you, there's a range of that's different a bit creepy. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> I, I like face-to-face stalking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's... Uh, I've done that, you know, Andy. I should tell you. A vanity search. No. When I've been with people and they've mentioned their wife's name or they've mentioned something, while I'm talking mm. to the person, I will Google the person they're talking about. <laughs> they have no idea what I'm doing. If they saw my phone, they'd run a mile. Getting the background info on them. But yeah. there's an Emily Dean that sells a range of jewellery. Okay. Right, so do you think? There's also Emily Dean, who is the mission planner at Cornell <laughs> University Astronomy Department. As well, well. You're saying there's an Emily Dean, like that's not me. Yeah. How do you know that's not me? It could, you can be doing all be, these things. I commute well, to Cornell on a yeah. weekly basis. <laughs> with, I just don't put uh, tree ball mints on people's clavicles <laughs> during the red it, eye yeah. flight. Seriously, you should try it. I don't, I don't mis- wish to point the finger at Joe from Paris, but you'd have to search <laughs> quite hard to find the Rudy images. If you type Emily yeah. Dean in and go on the image search, you have to scroll a long way. <laughs> Before you get to the decent stuff. I'm sorry, you say you don't wish to point the finger, but you're saying Joe from Paris, who's struggling to explain to Madame. <laughs> you actually get to, on your Google image, if you type Emily Dean, before there's any grot, there is a picture of David Mitchell's face from <laughs> an episode it? of Peep Show. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Extraordinary news. Yeah. I'm shocked to hear it. Oh, well, well, I think we've fully exhausted what happens <laughs> when you type the words Emily Dean into a search engine. Um... All sounds rather exciting. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. We were talking earlier about... Um, well, we mentioned the subject of mobile phone use, actually, mm. and how I have been known sometimes to Google people uh, while they're sitting in front of me, or people <laughs> they've mentioned. Have you had eye contact at the time whilst yeah. you've been... Google. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a tricky interview, that, if you're interviewing Robert Pattinson. I can get <laughs> you're on his IMDb page. <laughs> well, I did do that recently. Thank you for reminding me. Oh. He knows what I get up to. Uh, 
But did you read about this this week? There was this whole thing about fobbing, they're calling it. Yeah. Which is, it's the act of using your mobile, you know, during social interactions. And fubbing is basically, it's a portmanteau word. Steve, being an Oxford and Cambridge graduate, you'll be familiar with this. Portmanteau word is... Two words smashed together to form one linguistic monstrosity. Lovely. Thank you very much. It was like, call my bluff. I like (laughs) that. Um, I have to say, so far, this show really reminds me of, uh, you know that sketch from the 50s about the posh bloke, the middle-class guy, and the little <laughs> chimney sweep? I feel like the chimney sweep. Up You're not us. the chimney sweep. I am the chimney sweep, Emily. Oh, well, well, you know, call me. I could work. <laughs> Quite like it. Um, but, yeah, it's this modern phenomenon of kind of snubbing people, so it means phone and snubbing is the portmanteau word. It's, it's horrible. Do you it's not like it? It's, it sounds like fubbing. It sounds like some sort of bizarre offshoot of dubstep. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Are it's you a great a... scene, though. Yeah. It's a great scene. Uh, Are you a fubber? Yeah. I, I'm not. I prefer. I've come up with a better phrase for it. I, come on. Uh, mobile use ending social life interaction, <laughs> which is the acronym Muesli. Oh. oh. So hey, don't Muesli me. <laughs> That's good, Steve. There is a good point, though, in terms of what did people used to do when you were waiting for someone before smartphones were invented? Because I was waiting for some friends the other night in Shoreditch, and they were mm. about half an hour, 45 minutes late. I was having a nightmare. I was sat on a high stool around... There was loads of girls and stuff there. I looked like a, I, I was cruising. It was terrible. Oh. But luckily, I had my smartphone with me so I could check. You know, I was reading, you know, football scores and transfer rooms. Doing and macho stuff. things. Macho stuff like that. But what did people used to, what did you used to do when you were waiting for someone? Well, you see, I don't need my phone to snub someone. I can do that (laughs) quite competently without the use of phones. I know what you mean. And the phone is useful because it doesn't make you look like a loser. Yes. But when you... I'm going to name and shame today. Go on. (laughs) I think the worst fubber I know, and I love her dearly. She's one of my closest friends. But it's Daisy, our producer on this show. She is a a Daisy, if you're listening... Ooh. The fubbing is she bad. Is old mother fubbing. Do you know how? <laughs> do you know how I know Daisy fubs a lot? Because what she'll do is you'll be talking to her and you'll say something. Like, I don't know him and he's just left me and I haven't spoken to him. She'll go, oh, brilliant. She's not listening to a word I'm right. saying. Oh, really? And then I'll see what she's looking on the phone. Mm. And it's a picture of her with Jermaine, her partner. And I think, days you could have waited ten minutes to look at that old picture. So, so when you guys were on the same table at the award ceremony a few weeks ago, was she fubbing during that? Was that active oh, fubbing yeah. going on? Oh, fubbing all over the place. <laughs> it's quite a nice thing that we can say. Do, do people fub too much? Text in on eight twelve fifteen. I think there should be systems, though. Like, I think there should be an amnesty, a phone amnesty, where everyone just puts it in the centre of the dining table. Yeah. First person to crack, you've got to pay a fine. Do you think that's a good system? I like that. That's- it's, it, it sounds like you're enticing some kind of wife swapping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cog. You know what I hate though? I hate people that get texts. This is a variation on fubbing, but this right. is worse. I'm going to call it smugging. Nice. Because what they do is they get their phone and they go, <laughs> when they've got a text. Even Bob's done it just now. He's just, he's just had incoming. Um, smugging. Can oh, we call that smugging? I like that. that it's it's that. the main bit about smugging is they, they giggle at their text, but they won't tell you what it's oh, about. Oh, they never tell you, Andy. Yeah. They won't yeah. be telling you. They'll go, <laughs> and they'll, Bob's done it again. <laughs> they'll do it maybe thrice. They'll yeah. do it three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I bet that's not funny. I bet that's, you know, one of those we can get your PPI stuff for you. I bet that's yeah. what they've just got. It's another priority moment from O2. <laughs> Yeah. No matter how many times you text stop, they still send it. They want to pretend they've got this fabulous life and yeah. I'm not part of it. Well, I'll have no truck with it. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've been talking about fubbing 
on Absolute Radio <laughs> in Frank's absence. Sorry about that, Frank. Um, but no, we were talking about, we know it's that very peculiar thing that people do, which is essentially spend the entire evening on their phone rather than talking directly to you. Uh, but we had a text in regarding fubbing, didn't we, Steve? I thought we might have. It was... Uh, uh, I have the email. Did Andy have to I've got, um, I've got... You two. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we appear to be with the Chuckle Brothers this morning. <laughs> to me, they've Steve, taken, to you. They've taken over manning the texts and emails. Well, listen to this. This says, uh, to the beauty that is Emily, and mm. the two blokes in brackets, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, she says, Emily, have you tried doing a Bluetooth scan in a pub? Some of the names that come up are nearly as scary as Wi-Fi names. This is interesting when we're talking about strange Wi-Fi networks earlier on, the way people call them bizarre names. You do get that with Bluetooth. Everyone, uh, if you use Bluetooth, you have to call your phone something. And my friend does this. He drives down the motorway sometimes and opens the scan search on his mm. phone for different Bluetooth names. And you can, you go past loads of weirdly named people whilst you're driving along. You see, I do. Well, that's similar to. Are you familiar with the gay social networking site Grinder? When you say familiar, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what Steve said. <laughs> well, I am. Yeah. And I was with a friend once, and what it happens is that there's a lot of people, they all put their details in, there's a little photo, yeah. and then you know if someone, a bit like Bluetooth, if they're in the area. Is it a little bit like in the so movie Aliens, where they've got the radar yeah, and the blip yeah. comes towards They're them. in the room. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they're in the room. <laughs> it will say where they are. So it will say, this person, let's say Henry from Holland, yeah. um, is, um, you know, 400 metres away, or it might be two miles away or whatever. Northwest. Yeah, and you might decide to go for a coffee or something, is how I think it operates. <laughs> so um, what happens is that um, they, they co people contact each other in this way, and it works very well. Yeah. I was with a gay friend, and he was on the grinder, as I call it. <laughs> on the grinder. I think Frank calls it the grinder. Frank's obsessed by the grinder. Um, and he was doing it, and all these names were coming up, and it was like Stefan... 10 metres away. We were in London's old Compton Street, yeah. so it lit up like the 4th of July. <laughs> it was going mental. And it said, Stefan, 10 metres away. Christoph, 4 metres away. And I went running around going, there he is, look, there's Aww. Stefan, there's Christoph. Apparently, that's not grinder etiquette. <laughs> it Apparently, was grinder. you're not meant to do yeah. that. There's a brilliant thing with grinder. I broke grinder. In, um, in America, uh, there was a Republican Party convention, traditionally mm. a fairly uh, uh, unsupportive of gay rights uh, yes. political party. Mm. And they had a convention in Tampa in Florida, and use of grinder in Tampa for the weekend of that conference went up 7,000%. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, I love it. But I mean, it shows all the different bizarre things that people can do with their mobile phone. It, there's so yeah. much to distract you these days, isn't there? You know. I know, I know, and I do, I do easily get distracted. <laughs> but yeah, I do find I tend to find in general with the phone thing, I think turn it off. Yeah. It's, 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 we've hit a vein there's people agreeing that, uh, Brad, someone calling themselves Bram Stoker mm. in Leeds I imagine that's not their real name oh said, I am I am Dracula uh, he said on the subject of cell phone amnesty it exists in a pub game called cell phone Jenga where you stack all your phones on top of each other and the first one to pick it up buys the next round I love that I, I like the idea of someone if it, you put it on vibrate as well just to spice it up a little bit and if your phone makes the others topple down then you buy the drink <laughs> that's, that's not bad, a is good it? idea Oh, I like that. Maybe there are loads of different ways. That, you know, people are obviously trying to deal with the whole fubbing issue. Maybe there are different ways that people are uh, coming up with a system of penalties to penalise people if they are being antisocial. And that's a good thing if people are trying to deal with it, I think. Yeah. My wife gets fed up with me. If, I, if, I, if we're out for a meal and if I'm on my phone, she gets very annoyed with me and I try and say to her, we ran out of things to talk about years ago. 
Does she? Does she, she get angry? You see, I get annoyed when I'm out with a guy and he's on his phone, but that's only because yeah. I'm psychotically jealous. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. I'll tell you what we need to talk about this morning. What about the weathermen? We haven't even Amazing. got on to the weathermen. It's been shocking. I never the thought wet. I'd be so excited talking about the weather. <laughs> but it turns out, you guys have been reading about this. This is Bill Giles, the weatherman. So he's written, I'm calling it a tell-all book. Well, it is a bit, isn't it? It is. It's called uh, You Have Wives. Yeah, what is that? I, I've been... Idi Amin's autobiography <laughs> title. <laughs> what, what is it? Why are they calling it You Have Wives? Well, yeah, what does that mean? Is that like a weather phrase for something? A bit in? Is it maybe, the, it, you know, the, the weathermen in the 80s, maybe they were just putting it about a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, was their, it was their way of trying and to chat someone... ladies. You, you have wives? You have wives? You want party? Or maybe someone, a well-meaning individual in their social circle, came over and said, you have wives, meaning stop chatting those women up. <laughs> but the point is the book, it turns out that the, the weatherman community, it's a bit like the Borgias, isn't it? I mean, it's <laughs> I, some of the extracts make extraordinary reading. It would be Joan Collins would have to play Bill Giles if this was... It's like Dynasty. Yeah, it is amazing. It says, apparently, to broadcast the weather, he needs a huge huge ego. Uh, and also says he was a victim of... <laughs> Do a, you? Apparently you just so. need a bad suit from 1973, <laughs> don't you? He also says he was the victim of a plot by fellow forecasters Michael Fish and John Ketley to get rid of him. Apparently, the animals were after blood. Yeah. I think I they, should be able, they should be able to write their own book in response. Ketley and Fish, I could call it a whole, a whole different Ketley of Fish. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Well, I like it when they say you've got to have a huge ego. You have to believe in yourself and have no doubt you're the best in the world. It's like Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> it's like they're weathermen. They I mean, don't need huge egos. But if you want to go down the film route, when you actually read about it a little bit, it does remind me of like you know Top Gun. You know when they're kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. they're goosing each other in the showers a little bit, that kind of thing. You know, Bill Jones saying you can ride my tail. <laughs> I think Bill Jones is probably jealous because my because John Ketley had the song about him. John oh, we Ketley. had John, John Ketley, Ketley as a weatherman. Yeah. Tribe of Toffs. Yes. Number 21, December mm. 88. Oxford and Cambridge. He knows yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's on and the I, spectrum somewhere. Yeah, yes, yeah he definitely. Is. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> quite, on the quite spectrum. Quite a long way on the spectrum. There's no doubt of that. Which <laughs> bit of the spectrum do you think Steve's on? <laughs> <laughs> 8, 12, 15. Um, yeah, what I would say, this book, we should say, attention must be paid. It's been co-authored by someone called John Tether, which is a great name for someone in the weather industry. <laughs> I think Bill Giles should have been a farmer by rights. He missed the trick there. But, um, yeah, so John Tether had a lot to say. Yeah. He seemed quite an... Well, because the golden days of weather have gone. Like, we don't... These days, you know, mm. we used to, everyone used to know their weathermen. Yeah. Whereas now, we've had Thomas Schaffernecker, and the only reason he was a bit famous for was because he accidentally got caught flipping the bird that time. Oh, oh did he? That okay. And, uh, and the new ones, the, the only time a weatherman is in, is in the world of sociability is if they've accidentally done something rude. So there's a bit oh. on YouTube of Alex Deakin, the BBC presenter, accidentally did something unforgivable on air that people have to go on YouTube to oh, discover. Oh, don't tempt oh, really? me. I, can get fa I might get famous. <laughs> I will never forgive me. I like the idea, though, of the, they must have tried to sabotage. Well, if, according to the book, they sabotaged each other's, you know, weather bulletins and yeah. stuff, you know. So well, what would you do back in that era? Yeah. Mix up the symbols? Right, you, you'd, like, get a watering can, pretend it's raining, just just pour it just by their window. Oh, it's absolutely bucketing uh, it down. it. Or draw something bad on the sun, because he used to stick it on the... Yeah, yeah. I, I hope he's related each chapter of the book to a weather condition, like patches of cloud... Could be a yeah. difficult time in the marriage, or maybe scattered showers. I actually don't want to know what that refers to. Um, Steve and Andy, it's been so great having you on the show this morning. Thank you. Be seeing you. Absolute, absolute.
Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.